Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. Here, this is the spot where the conversations are pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Did you bring your thinking caps? Because it's time to put them on. Because the conversation starts now. Open the, I I go uh, by he him, but you know. Yeah. All right, we gonna talk a little bit about that too. Brains, we are back at the spizza, the place where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. All right, so I'm putting a little disclaimer. I want you to be real clear. This is going to be a very enlightening, informative interview with David Aberson. We're going to talk about the LGBTQ plus community. We are going to ask some questions because I am a 60-year-old heterosexual Black woman. He is a gay, I don't know, how old are you? 42. 42-year-old man that is a life coach for queer youth. Let's be real clear about something here, Brains. If you're not mature enough to handle it on either side of that spectrum, click off now. Bye. Okay, because we're going deep and I am going to ask some questions and they are going to be from a place of ignorance because I don't know I'm not gay. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, but if you caught up in your feelings, then this may not be the one for you because I told David, that I am going to pull back the layers of the onion and there will be some tears shed, okay? Because we want to know. I want everybody to be happy, but you cannot be happy and make an informed decision unless you have complete information. And that's on both sides, okay? So we got that clear? All right. So now let's welcome our guest to the show, David, I can never say it, Abramson. 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 He is... um, a love. I found him through one of my other guests that was on the show. And this is the first time that he's been on a podcast. So I got me a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> you know, about time I was that again. <laughs> he loves it. He loves it. But this is really, really important. This is, And we're going to talk about this subject because you know what? He's dealing with young people. He's dealing with young minds. And we think that we're confused as we get older, but they struggle with it as well. So David, tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Um, how do I show up in the world? Um, you know, I just show, try to show up in the world as, as my authentic self with my authentic heart. Um, I came into this, into, into coaching or into this career, uh, you know, later in life. And, um, I had a tough time when I was coming out, you know, I came out in the nineties, you know, there was a lot of anti-gay stuff in the public. And, um, you know, I I had a a great family, but, you know, when, no matter what I I did, I always felt unseen and unsafe and unloved um, like many queer people do because nobody knew who the real, real me was. I was bullied um there was all this imagery on in in the in the world about uh that queer people are evil and bad gonna die of aids um 
you're not going to live a life. You're never going to have all the, the the things that the world has to offer. And I want to work with young kids to know that like the world is theirs. They are right and good and and not evil and bad. They are right and good and everything. The world is theirs. Like if they can learn and own an identity um, with my assistance or the assistance of coaching and, and just, just learn to, to treasure that there, that there's power in going against the grind and being different. And, and you get to see the world and all its beauty in different ways when you learn and come to terms with this, this identity that makes you unique and special. Well, this might be a long interview, Brains, because I got a whole lot of questions. All right. So, yeah. So, here, let's go. You know, I asked some of my Brains, about 20 of them. I said, when someone approaches you and you know that they are from the gay, LGBTQ+, I'm just going to say LGBTQ, if that's okay, uh, community. What is the first say queer thing? community. If you want to make it easy, say queer community because it's okay. kind of okay. So that's that's the proper term because you know folks get get picky about well, I, what words you use. Right, and and the thing is, is my mother like I remember when I grew up, the word queer was bad. Yeah, it was a dirty word. Yeah, yeah. You were you're a queer. My mother, my mother, you know, would say queer, queer. You know, with the with the thick Boston accent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or or they would say that you're a sissy. Yeah. Or they would say uh, girls were bull dykes. That's what mm-hmm. my neighbor next to us. She said, oh, my sister's a bull dyke. I said, what is that? <laughs> so I didn't know. Okay. So without taking away the label, taking away the labels, we're going to talk about the queer community. And uh, I said, what is the first thing that you think about when you see a person from this community approach you? You know what they told me? How they get down how they're how they are sexually satisfied and mm-hmm. you know what i told them that's pretty damn perverted yeah you don't look at their heart you don't look at their eye color you don't look at their skin color they don't look at the nationality you look at how they reach an orgasm yeah it, said, so what's wrong with you as a heterosexual i didn't understand that so i said okay after you get beyond that point, then what do you look at? Well, their mannerisms. Okay, they're unique. You know, one different for the female, which I'm, you know, saying women, the mannerisms are different for a male, but that's what makes you unique. That's what mm-hmm. puts you in this pool that's different than other people. What do you say to those people that have that kind of mindset? Um. It's a little small-minded. I mean, plain and simple. It's it's. Uh, I am, I'm. I'm a person who has sex. You're a person who has sex. Yes, hopefully, I am. <laughs> right? Like, hopefully, you know, you know. And what or what I do when I have sexual behavior has absolutely nothing for defining the character or person that I am inside. I am a good, kind, decent person. Um, I believe in integrity. I believe in experiencing life to the fullest. Um, I believe in a good, deep hug. You know, I, those are those are the things that I believe in. Um, 
and whether or not I have sex with some person or whether or not I, I, I'm celibate, it has nothing to do with my sexual preference. I have gay male friends. I mean, I have more gay male friends than I do. You know, you kind of, people do segregate into their, their familiar communities, but I do have friends across the spectrum. I've had trans friends since I was 17 years old um, and lesbian friends in, across the gamut. Um, but, you know, gay men are seen as um, sexual beings and only sexual beings, uh, often only sexual beings. And I have gay male friends that are cel celibate and asexual, but still identify as gay. And they don't enjoy sex, but their attraction and their emotional attraction is towards other men. Okay, so both breaks. As you get to a point where I need to get clarity, I got to interrupt. Interrupt. Define gay for me. Gay used to just be a happy term, you know. <laughs> but, I mean, that's not to say that gay people aren't happy, but, you know, <clears throat> what is gay? Because I'm going to tell you, I had a conversation with my mentor who is about 80 plus. And let me tell you, she was like my mother. My mother's like, I don't care. You know, you, you're wasting too much time on that stuff. There's other more important stuff. But she made a very, very important distinction because she's a brilliant woman, my mentor. And she said that she's now working with the Olympic Committee that they are doing genomic testing. And in the genomics, you know, there's an X and a Y for mm -hmm. male or two Ys or two Xs for female, right? She says, but now it has been proven, scientifically proven, that there could be two X's and a Y, and two Y's and an X, mm -hmm. that people are born with this genome, uh, genome makeup that makes them in this, for the lack of a better term, subcategory of queer and gay. Yes. So I think that for me, I mean, the basic term gay is a man who is attracted to another man for sex or relationships. But, I, you know, identity is very personal. And that's how I, 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 I mean, I'll tell you a story. I have a friend of mine who identifies as gay, but sleeps with women on occasion. In my mind, that means that this person is bisexual, right? Like that's mm -hmm. what we all are taught, but it's, an, it's how you identify. And if I identify as gay, you as another human being, should respect how I identify. Um, me, part of my identity as a gay man is gay culture, um, the gay experience, the 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 knowing of being an other. Um, you know, I'm a, a white male. You know, I could, if I was born straight, I would have had a very different experience in this world. But because I was called a faggot and pushed into a locker and made to feel unsafe, it created this identi identity in me uh, that also creates solidarity with other gay men and other people in my community. Okay. So I. So you said, okay, but you did say that you are a gay man and gay pretty much means an attraction mm -hmm. to other men. Again. Your sexuality brains is between your thighs. 
Your gender identity is between your ears. Mm -hmm. And from the research that I've done, there's 52 different things that could be happening between your ears. Yeah. Go back to the original conversation of, you know, when I asked my friends, I was like, okay, so you think about how uh, people, you know, sexually get down because they're gay. I said, but you have no idea what your heterosexual friends are doing. They be doing yeah. some way out shit. I was sitting next to my um, my coworker one day, and she had all these little wets and rashes all on her leg. I said to myself, I see Shelly. I said, uh, I said, you've been bit by some bugs or something like that. She goes, Oh no. She said, That's me and my man. She says he has a little leather whip. Another whip. She says, and every time I run my hands over these welts, I get wet. <laughs> and he has a mask and he has this. Now, look, okay. And I'm not knocking people that like to do some way out stuff because I can't even tell you what's going over here in 38 years. It is going to be down for the underground. However, yeah. when I looked at her, until I seen those welts on her legs, I was just thinking she was square as a pool table and just as green. <laughs> you don't know what, what you don't know. So you don't know what goes behind happens behind Exactly. Me. Exactly. Yeah. And that had and nothing. You don't know what happens in my head. You don't know what happens, what thoughts I have. You know, you don't know any of it unless you have the conversation. And your first, think about it, brains, your first sexual awakening, maybe four, five, six, when you asked your little friend, if you show me yours, I'll show you mine. <laughs> you remember that? And for the most part, it was the same gender because you had the same thing. Then when boys saw their mother's breasts, then when they started growing pubic hair or when the, the, the sister saw the brother or saw the baby that was born, this is where the social confines and social structure starts to appear. But don't yeah. ever think that you've never had that, that illusion or fantasy or desire or curiosity that, you know, what is it like to be with someone that has the same genitalia as I am? I mean, that's what I said, like uh, sexuality and sexual preference is a spectrum, you know? I am not attracted to women, period. Like, I don't about it. But it is a, a spectrum. And I know a lot of my straight male friends have had experiences that they enjoyed with someone of the same sex, but do not identify as gay or bisexual. It's the same as my friend who identifies as gay um, that has occasional sex with women. But also... You know, gender is a spectrum too. Uh, you know, we, we you know we talked about men who identify as uh, as gay, but are more feminine or whatever it may be. Uh, it's how they 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 choose to express themselves. It's much more about expression too. This is an expression and 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 showing the world who you are, like. Are you a colorful person? Are you a you know a black and white person? Are you, and people express that in many many different ways. Okay, that's fair. That that makes perfect perfect sense. Let's we've talked about gay men. Mm -hmm. Again, like I said, you're not attracted 
to the vagina. <laughs> but I, I, I think they're scary. <laughs> it's not a bottomless pit. Now, <laughs> let me ask you, let me ask you a, a question. So, David, when did you come to the realization that you were you were different, that you realized that you were gay or you were attracted to men? Um, I had sexual experience with another man at a very young age. I think I was around 13. Okay, wait, um, let me stop right there. Was it consensual? Yes. Or we were the same age. Okay. We were the same age. Okay. Um, now, wait, let me ask another question. Was it a full-on sexual experience or were you just kind of a little heavy petting? A little heavy petting? A little heavy petting, a little, you know, little touchy touchy, not not intercourse. Okay, but you know, kissing and really yeah. kind of exploring the intimacy yeah. of because we want to talk about that too. The intimacy of love, sex, and yeah. passion. Absolutely. We're not just talking about fucking. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, you know, I just have to tell people because that's what they no. think it's just raw dog. You no. know, that's what you no. want to do. It's it was, you know, I mean, sexuality begins, you know, people start exploring sex at, at puberty. That's when they start having the sexual desires. I had the same desire to explore when that change started to happen. Um, it's just that my attraction was towards and now i don't know if i would have re i so the hardest person to come out to is yourself i think when i was uh you know on my website i have you know top seven things to know about uh coming out createcoachdavid.com um the top seven things to know about and my number one thing is coming out to your coming out to yourself first and it's often the hardest thing to do to to admit to yourself uh, that you're this quote-unquote evil and bad thing, that you've gotten negative, um, only negative representations are very few positive representations in culture. Um, you know, to admit to yourself that you're this thing is often harder. And I, when I was preparing this list that I made, I asked a lot of my friends, like, do you remember the moment you realized you were gay? or whatever. And every single person was like, yeah, I remember asking myself, are you gay? Are you lesbian? Are you whatever? And every single person remembers having that epiphany. And I mean, a lot of people could just put yourself in another person's shoes for a moment. Could you imagine how difficult it is as a human being to not know this very defining feature of yourself until you're in your 20s or 30s or 40s. I mean, um, that it's incredibly hard to have that realization. Um, but once you're secure with your, your identity um, and you know who you are and you know the world isn't gonna end because you're this person, it 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 does make it a little bit easier to express that slowly to the outside world. Okay, let's talk about the outside world. Mm -hmm. Your mom and your daddy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, because I'm talking from a heterosexual position, right? Mm -hmm. Parents have a certain expectation. And I tell y'all about expectations all the time. You cannot rely on what somebody else is going to do. Yeah. 
So you have an expectation that your child is going to get married and they are going to have a child. And I'm saying a heterosexual marriage is for the mm -hmm. most part. It's the gender, heteronormative life. Right. Okay. And the church doctrine has taught you that. And that's what you've seen mom and daddy do. And, you know, you've heard that, you know, the sniggles and the giggles. Oh, you know, David, he's a little different. You know, he's, he's, you know, he's special. He's this, he's that. You've heard all the whispering. And so it's hard for a parent. Okay. I got a family member that is in, you know, in love with a transgender. And it was difficult for the family to accept only because, again, they have this certain idea. But what mm -hmm. they came to the realization was, is that that is not your life. It is not. If you, as the parent, have what you want, what you need, if your child is happy, why do you want to be the bone of contention? Why do you want to make trouble for them instead of love them. Don't you realize that they are confused and they're struggling too? They're struggling more than you are struggling. They have to live with it every single day. But what mm -hmm. I'm also seeing is that the world of transgender is, you know, metamorphosized. And I mean, everywhere. I don't know if it was suppressed. I remember my parents were so cool. I was maybe seven or eight years old. They took me to see a movie of Sojourner Truth, the first transgender. And I, you know, they explained it to me. So that's why my mother was so cool with it. It wasn't like, you know, my father never really talked about it. My mother, she was like, you know, whatever, as long as people are happy. So what do you say to parents? Because they are struggling. And if they're struggling, they're making it difficult for their child. You just automatically expect your 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 parent to just, oh, okay, well, it's all right. I embrace this. I understand this. You and your lover can come and you can show affection and it's okay. That's really not the reality of what's happening in a lot of places. Not all, but in not a lot. All. Um, I mean, my understanding is someone who's going to seek out my advice is that they're a little bit more open to receiving the spectrum of gender and, and, and sexuality. Um, so that I, 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 one thing I would say is that if you, what is, let me ask you, what is your number one responsibility or do you feel is your number one responsibility as a parent? Is to love, protect, nurture, educate, support. Mm -hmm. you no, know, and check their ass when they are lying. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it real. <laughs> all that. But that doesn't mean that doesn't mean doesn't that mean I control it. their genitalia. No, you do not. So if you are having uh, a child that is that you suspect is in the queer community and they aren't ready to express that outwardly to you or to share that deep that deep knowledge that they have of themselves. Um I have a family member whose son came out of the closet um, a few years ago. And the one bit of advice that I gave this family member is as often and as frequently as possible, tell your child that you love them. Because every person who's going through this journey has a sense of that unseen 
unloved, unsafe. And if they know that the person who's supposed to care for them most in the world loves them and wants the best for them, at least it makes that level of depression or anxiety that you have a little bit less. And when your child blesses you with the honor of knowing who they are on a deep fundamental level, because not every family gets to know each other on a, a really deep fundamental level um, because they don't feel open to talk about it. Listen, ask questions from a, and say, I want to know this. I want to understand it because I love you and I want to know it and I want to know who you are and what makes you this person that I see that is in front of me. Just repeatedly just ask questions. When I sat down with my mother, you know, she talked about the, the, the fear of loss of our hopes, dreams, and aspirations that she had for me. She wanted me to have children and she wanted me to walk down the aisle. Now, none of those are my actual hopes, dreams, and aspirations. Like, I don't want children. I don't want to get married. Not my choice, not my, my vibe. Um, but my mother created this safe space where we could talk openly. Um, where she could express how she, who she, her reservations, and I could discuss my pain uh, and the experiences. You know, I, I remember we had this conversation. There's two, two really important conversations we had about coming out or when we came out. Um, one is, um, do you remember when Ellen did the first kiss on TV? Yes. It was such a, a thing. At that point, I had known that I was that I was gay. And I remember watching that with my mother and her saying, Oh, that's disgusting. And it I knew when I was 13 or 14 that I was gay. And I didn't come out until I was 17 or 18. And that moment probably delayed my coming out experience a period of time, whatever it was. And I talked about that with her and, you know, I allowed her to apologize and say, you know, I, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I made you feel this way. I'm sorry that I made you feel, you know, unloved. The second because, wait, because was, what, we, what you have to understand too, from mm -hmm. a heterosexual perspective. Yeah. I don't, my mother, again, she's in this room that her energy is in here. My mother was never one to apologize. Mm. Uh, she knew with something that she did was wrong, she would acknowledge it. But the words, I'm sorry, she said was empty and shallow because it is what it is. And because I lay a blanket on top of it doesn't mean that it's still not cold. And it's the difference between being tolerant and total acceptance. Mm -hmm. As a Black woman, if you don't like black people, okay, you can tolerate me. That means that there's going to be a certain amount of respect, mm -hmm. understanding. You're not going to, you know, do anything. You don't have to accept me in your world. You don't, I, I can't force you to, you know, come over and have dinner and have the black experience and all this kind of stuff. I can't force you to do that, but I want you to acknowledge me. So many people in the world today, David, expect people to automatically assimilate. Mm -mm. 
Okay, that is not what the world is about, and that is on the no. gay on the gay community. The, yeah. the heterosexuals have a bullseye on their back now. I will go to place, yeah, I will go to somewhere. Okay, like the situation that I had. You know, this particular uh, person trying to tell me what I should do as a woman, and you should have this conversation, and girl, and all. No, 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 no. You out of line. Okay, you stay in your own lane. And that's okay. And I had to, I had to have this conversation. So it wasn't that I was trying to, uh, you know, I'm not a, a homophobe. I'm not. But are you a heterophobe? You know, because I didn't go along or, or conform with that. Now I got all these titles. I don't like this, that, and the other. No, I didn't particularly care for the conversation with you. That doesn't mean the whole community. But yep. we are attacked all the time now. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I love telling a story, so I'm just going to go right. I had another experience with a friend of mine and we were talking about the trans community. Um, I'm clearly a very open person. Uh, and I have more experiences at a younger age with trans people than most, but we were taught there's a a few years ago, there's a, a, a proposition in Massachusetts to protect trans youth and all of that umbrella um and we were, we were obviously talking about it and i was talking about it you know i look at i looked at my father you know and i my father was a republican he wasn't you know uh you know a trump republican he was a massachusetts republican um who fiscally conservative that whole mumbo jumbo um and I would talk about the perspective is that my father probably had never knowingly met a trans person in his entire life. My father, when I talked about it, voted in favor of protecting trans youth because he, like, he thought about it from the child. Like, if what, what if I was trans or something like that, and he would want me protective. But my father doesn't understand it, and to not give my father the grace to be ignorant, but open to acceptance. Uh, was what I was talking about, allowing my father to have the space to learn where he had had no experience with it. And because this other person was much more militant because I was offering my father grace and an opportunity, I got called, what are you a Republican was the response to me. And I was like, no, it's not. It's about, it's about accepting people for where they are, giving them the opportunity to better and to gain knowledge and I mean, what's worse, like being ignorant and wanting information or choosing to be ignorant and saying that person's bad. And you, you best know? believe there's a plenty of gay Republicans. Oh, yep. Uh, George, that whole George Santos thing that's all over the news. Oof. You know, Harvey Milk. Mm -hmm. oh, was he? He was a Democrat. I think he was a Democrat. I, I'm assuming he was Democrat because it was San Francisco and, you know, I, you know, I couldn't. Okay. So I got an eye opener. Mm -hmm. I went to Italy Ooh. months ago and I Love went, it. and I do too. And I went through the Vatican. Oh yes. And I looked at the walls and I looked at the paintings and I looked at the statues and there was a whole lot of get down going on back then okay and it was orgies everywhere i went to pompeii 
uh, it, it was just amazing. It was a sexual revolution. Mm-hmm. But in the Vatican, now you will see where the men's penises and genitalia are shaved, uh, shaved off, and there's a big patch of cement there because some of the popes and bishops found that it was offensive. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, you know, know, there was a lawsuit that said something else was going on, and they said that they wanted them to become celibate. So I looked at that and I listened to, you know, uh, and, and I, I saw how, um, you know, Michelangelo painted his depiction of Jesus based off his fondness for Apollo. Not religious doctrine, but his infatuation. So there is uh, a lot of hypocrisy in religious doctrines about homophilia. I mean, and there's a lot of hypocrisy in 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 the, in, every, in the gay community about not being open to hetero culture, right. hetero. Right. But there's no way that you're going to tell me, me personally, that when I get up there, there's not going to be no gay people. Oh, yes, there's going to be a whole lot of gay mm-hmm. people. My God makes no mistakes. No mistakes. Each person is created in his image. Mm-hmm. Whether you want to believe it as an individual brain or not, that's up to you to edit and filter, okay? But this is what it is, and it's across all spectrums. And what we have to learn to do is, like David said, is listen more, be open to it. It may not be your choice. That's like me. I'll go to a smorgasbord. If there's okra, I won't touch it. Okay. Okay. But if Mr. Magnificent wants it, I'm going to scoop it up and put it on his plate. Mm -hmm. It is about choices. It is about options. It is about love. It is about respect. And on both sides. And I'm really, really hoping that we can come to a happy medium because people are going nuts on one side or the other. Let me yeah. ask you something else too. Mm-hmm. Why gay people got so much money? Gay folks got some money, baby. You know, we you know, as we actually talk about this. Yeah, so you um, first money, of all, you have your own banks. What is it in the gay community? Well, <laughs> it's a two-part thing, is that a that's a um it's a little of a bit of a stereotype because it's not, I mean, just like all Asians aren't smart or, or uh, all, all Jews are not wealthy and cheap. Uh, <laughs> um, so, but there is this, um, a need when you're queer, it creates a need. Everybody goes on their journey. Um, not everybody feels safe on their journey. And education, being self-supportive are things that if you have a family that's not supportive um, are things that you can create for yourself. Um, Especially like, uh, like a, we also don't have the cost of children. Most of us. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You know, know, God bless my sister. You know, she's a, you know, she's a single mother um, by choice. Um, 
but I, I, I can afford my lifestyle, but I couldn't afford my lifestyle with a kid. Right, right, right. No? The struggle is real. The struggle is yeah. real. You know, I don't know how my sister, you know, raises a child. That it's, it's very difficult. But you know, I think feeling like an other makes a lot of gay people want to create safety with education and money. Um, and also to be self-supportive because they didn't feel a lot of support in the community around them. When and they, they invest and they they pour back into their own community. Right. They make sure that their, you know, their their properties are upkept, that there's community yeah. centers, that there's medical uh yeah. resources. So they pour back into their own yeah. community, which is because very you know, I'll, we all know what it's like to feel unsafe. And um, in needy, uh, and it creates a sense of, I mean, it creates a sense of, I need to help because there could. This is why I do coaching. This is my way of giving back to my community and to people who are at their lowest point in life when I was at my lowest point in life. Um, coaching allows me to sit with a person and create a safe space uh, while they go on their journey of self-discovery and learning who they are, not just as a queer person, because there's more into their life that goes into identity than being gay, straight, you know, trans, because you could be trans and a good person. You could be straight and a bad person. You know, like there's, it's the journey of discovery is, is what I love about coaching. Um, and coaching comes from a place of, of there's nothing wrong with you. You are a whole person. You have all the answers for the journey of, of life ahead of you. Um, and you can do it. You just have to, to, to get out of your own way. Uh, not let your saboteurs win, not let uh, your demons define who you are in the future. You can always be better, do better. As long as you are with, co like, with coaching, helps you have the tools in your arsenal to push those aside and, and strive for who you want to be um, and knowing who you are. Okay, let's stop right there. Okay. These millennials is non-binary. Mm -hmm. I don't get it. I'm trying. I'm trying. They don't want to be a he. They okay. We'll talk about the pronouns in a minute. Yes. They don't want to be a male or female. Well, how does that work for you when you go to pee? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a, there's a difference between gender and sex. Exactly. But they you don't know. want. They don't want to conform to either, as if it is, you know. I am just a being. I am just a person. So, to, in my opinion, it's like a holding pattern. Mm. Like until I, you know, until I define uh, or until I am defined or till I awaken myself. Now, and I'm not saying that you have to be male or female. I'm not saying that you have to be straight or gay or queer or trans. None of the labels. But just, I just don't want to just do nothing. I just don't, I just want to be non-binary. I just don't. I don't think, I mean, I've me. never lived the life of a, a non-binary person. But from 
my conversations with people who identify as non-binary is that they feel like they sit more in the middle of the spectrum. Because I'm going to tell you who's a bad non-binary is Magic Johnson's uh, child. No bad and good. No okay. bad and good. Okay, now let me tell you, I had a deep conversation with Cookie Johnson mm -hmm. at her book signing. And that is one book that you really need to read because she struggled. And mm -hmm. and Magic didn't go along with it for the longest time. But mm -hmm. AJ is, let me tell you, uh, the bread is buttered on both sides. Good looking, smart, educated, sure of themselves, confident. But again, I'm non-binary. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, again, I'm trying to get my head around that. But it's in the book of Revelations. It will tell, it, it, you know, I'm a Christian. So mm -hmm. I read the, the word. And it tells me right there what is unfolding from the plague to the sexual identity to the wars to the weather, all of that. All of that is right there. But when I see that and, you know, your child says, well, you know, I don't I identify with either. That's that puts another added layer of confusion because mm -hmm. you don't know how to address, introduce, respond you just don't know what to do as a parent. Do you know how you find out what to do? Yeah. Work with you. <laughs> well, that would be, I mean, so let's say you're th this child, the said child was on their journey of self-discovery and they're choosing to call themselves by non-binary. Coaching would help them discover whether it's if that's where they want to stay and that is their true identity, or if they are one gender or another, you know, that's what coaching would do. And coaching would help you understand your role as a parent in supporting and lifting up your child and educating yourself, like how you as a human being want to show up for that other human being. One thing that I've learned is that, you know, everybody lies a little bit. Everybody fibs a little bit. A but little bit? Are you a little bit. <laughs> but in the in the in the unless you're George George Santos, how many people in, in your life have you actually truly met that are just liars? A lie about absolutely everything that's put before. Well, I, unfortunately, huh? I ran into three or four. Three and, or four. But they lie for three reasons, David. Mm -hmm. One is because they're insecure. Yes. Okay. They Two, don't know. Who they don't know who they are or, mm -hmm. and they want to be bigger than what they are. Yes. Two, they want to try to get over. Mm -hmm. You know, they think that they're the sharpest knife in the drawer. They're going to try to get over on you. And three, because again, that, that self-esteem, self it makes them feel more important that, you know, I, I have to embellish. Everything mm -hmm. has to be this or Better. that. Yeah. Yeah. So pull out those type of people. You've said you've met your, in your 60 years, you've met three or four people that were out and out liars. Cold-blooded liars. <laughs> right. Out of how many thousands of people that you've met over the course of your lifetime? Okay. I choose to believe people when they tell me their story. I choose to believe people 
when they tell me who they are and show me who they are. Mm-hmm. You got to show. It, show. Showing is very important. Yeah, but I believe. <laughs> I, I agree. But of the thousands of people I've met, the number of liars have not been. And I, I choose to play the odds. You know, I choose to recognize that people want to be seen. They want to be loved for who they are. Mm. And, you know, me as another human being, or me as a coach, is to create that and create that where they see it in themselves, where they love themselves, where they see themselves, where they feel safe in my space and safe to go out into the world and be who they are and tell people who they are and make people see them for who they are. Okay. Search for love. However that may find you. Let's talk about the other thing, the high rate of suicide. Yeah. In the community. Yeah. Again, Grace, I tell you from my observation, okay, that um, queer relationships seem to be more tender and delicate, and and again, than uh, heterosexuals, only because you find someone in this space, you develop monogamy, which is, you know, I'm assuming. Or you don't. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I said because it, it, it can be a very sexually fluid community yes okay be ethically uh, monogamous right okay so uh you you do this and then you invest at this time this person cheats this person lies they deceive you or you're struggling with who you are you're dealing with the family not accepting it you're a young child, you're a young teenager, you're being bullied, you're really struggling and fighting against the forces of who you, you know, you wake up and you realize that you are queer, but society says something else. You've got to live in this bubble, in this shame. And you know what? They're committing suicide. Uh, And I shouldn't say committing suicide, they're dying by suicide because nobody commits to suicide. What do you say to that child and those parents that are struggling with that? Because, you know, it is an ongoing struggle. They're self-medicating, they're hanging around with the wrong crowd, you know, or let's add another layer, the person that's been violated. Mm -hmm. I knew a young woman that was sexually violated by her brother, her father, her uncle, and her cousin. She said if she seen a penis, she would she'd cut it off. She didn't want no part of that. But mm. she still wanted the intimacy. She still wanted the tenderness. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there, there's a lot of reasons. And a lot of times people think in their ignorance that, oh, well, they must have been turned out. You know, somebody must have did this or did that. That's choosing to be ignorant. That's a choice. And, and and let's define ignorant. Ignorant is not knowing. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's not being educated. It's not that you're stupid. It's not that you're rude. It's not that you're violent. It's that you just don't know. Yeah. But that's um, a lot to deal with. 
What I can say, uh, I mean, I, when I was coming out, or when I was on my journey of self-discovery, um, I was, I mean, I had a plan, you know? I had a plan to how to end my life. Really? Uh, yeah. Um, and I think it's it's very uh, common. I think that it's, at least for my section of the queer community, gay and lesbian, it has gotten better. You know, I look at my younger friends and it is, if you are living in a space that is accepting, it, there's more acceptance and openness to it. Unless I'm going to kick you out of my house and you're going to die, you know, my mother's biggest fear was you're going to die from AIDS, you know, when I came out, uh, which is not a concern anymore. Um, but I, you know, talking about myself. Oh, now, they're, now they're talking about monkeypox. There's a vaccine. You know, and my, I never felt like I could be myself. No one saw me as a human being until I, A, learned it myself, um, and B, I was suicidal until I came out of the closet. Really? Mm -hmm. I mean, I am, some would say, dysfunctionally close with my mom and my sister. Like, we are like three peas in a pod. Um, you know, I talk about my sister's choice to have a child. Uh, you know, my sister was 38 years old, not in a relationship, never had a good, you know, intimate relationship before really in her life. Um, and, but she wanted to be a mother. I was there when my niece was conceived. I was there when my niece was born. I am basically the third, the second parent, third parent, if you count my mother, to my niece. We raised my niece as a family. So, and when I say is conceived, I don't mean like anything, you know, tawdry is my sister went through. I'm telling you, I jumped to the pervert. I was like, damn it. <laughs> I say that. I You saw it actual? <laughs> I, me and my sister love telling that joke because you never, there's two people, people who are like and clutch their pearls. <laughs> Or there are people who have, uh, like, it's never a queer person because they all know what it's like to not be able to, like, conceive in the natural order, if you will. Um, but my sister had egg retrieval, sperm donation, all of that stuff. And I was there when, you know, they put the embryo inside my sister. Now, I didn't see anything. I, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's Kendall or a Barbie doll or whatever, you know. Right, 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 right. <laughs> you know, I was behind the, the curtain. Fit, it's the hole. <laughs> I always like to say they have teeth. <laughs> um, but for me, going back to knowing how close I am, now that you have that story, how close I am with my family, um, to not ever be able to show myself in my true colors is really disheartening. To, you know, I mentioned the, the Ellen story, to hear your mother say, ugh, you know, even though it was, she doesn't remember it at all, but it was a defining memory of my childhood. To have all these outward cultural um, 
political um, presentations of queer people as trans people, as you're a terrible human being, you're going to rot in hell, you're going to die of AIDS, you're going to get monkeypox and get pustules all over you. To have all of those representations is damaging. And the same way of like, you know, I'm sure you can relate to the story of, of like- Of course, of course. Growing up, you know? how many round dolls were there? How many, you know, there were not a lot of positive culture. It's, it's the same thing. It, people of color have a higher rates of, uh, tra trans people of color or people and even queer people, like all the whole spectrum of, boot, let me pull that back. All people, all queer people of color have higher rates of suicide than non- people of color because there's it's a it's a, a double you know not you, you don't see the the queer part of you or the 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 cultural part of you in any way representative and it's represent and when they are it's usually for gay people it's the person who dies from aids the the best friend who doesn't have a love life um the you know whatever it may be and it's there's not a lot of avenues for a young person who's influenced by social media or their friends or whatever to find I'm a good person. I'm not going to hell. I'm not going to die of AIDS. I'm deserving and worthy of love. If I'm not deserving and worthy of love, what's the point in living? If I'm not deserving and worthy of success of being seen as a, as a basic human being first, as opposed to an identity first, then what's the point in living? And that's what these young people are hearing and seeing. And, you know, if a young person is lucky enough to have a parent that wants to seek me out and or a child that wants to seek me out to help that person see Life is worth living and the world is ahead of you to help them gain some confidence um, and to cherish the individuality is, it, it brings me joy. It well, fills my heart. Thank you so much, David, for being here with us on the edge and just really me. and enjoying in a conversation because brains, you don't know what you don't know. And I, I have learned a lot. And I am growing and ever evolving because I'm a good listener. I'm very compassionate. Um, I'm not a phobe of any kind. David's a little kinder than I am because he trusts from he trusts from day one. I don't. You got to ratchet up. I'm gonna give you my 65, 75% margin for error, but that on the reverse side is for me too. And it's not, uh, I would be disingenuous if I said that I didn't judge, um, because I don't judge okay. you. Yeah, I don't, I don't judge you, but I have to judge because of my boundaries, because of what I deal with in the frontal lobe. But what I have evolved to in my 60 years and with the help of great people like you and my mentor and my mother and my daughter and other family members, I've learned to go into that subconscious mind and pull out the other parts of me, the other parts that are curious that are compassionate, that are willing to learn, evolve, and change. <clears throat> it's a process, and it's not over till it's over. So I say this to every gay person, um, every queer person, transgender, every human being, is that 
let's just try to understand one another on an individual basis. Don't lump everything together. Don't put okra on your plate if you can't eat it. <laughs> uh, again, because life is a smorgasbord and you have options and you have choices. That's what makes us beautiful. Thank you so much, David, for- Thank you uh, for having me. And I just want to say, you, you are a, a light in the world. Um, full stop. You're wanting to educate the world and make people see the world from a perspective they don't see is there should be if everybody was like you we would be in a better in a in a better better light overall thank you because again it's it's about learning i don't mm -hmm. know everything and we're human beings we are no. we are conditioned I, by I the experience and by the world but you know it it's it's changing and we got to love these kids We've got to let them know that it is okay for you to take your time to find out who you are. Mm -hmm. And I love you in spite of who you think you are or what Aunt Martha may say. Mm -hmm. Teach yourself uh -huh. some self-esteem and say, you know what, Aunt Martha? Yes, I am gay. There's no need to whisper about it anymore. And let's talk about it. Yes. Call people out on it in a respectful kind of way. Yes. You know, Make wave, your, wave your flag, baby. Wave your flag. Mm -hmm. It's okay. How do I not have a little flag around here somewhere? I know. Absolutely. <laughs> I do not have a flag around me. You, you have to really kind of do that. And the um, the world will be a much better place. David, tell yeah. my brains how to get in contact with you. Um, your website. I'm waiting for the audio book. <laughs> okay. I'm waiting for you to go yes. ahead and do it. All right. If you want to contact me, you can go to my website, thequeercoachdavid.com, uh, and you can reach out to me uh, through that. Um, you can get all my information there. Um, and if you want to know the top seven things you need to know to, about coming out, there's a little tab that you can click there, and you can learn if you're trying to, you know, learn more about yourself or help it, help out uh, you one of your children or your friends. Thank you. You are the Thank best friends. Mm -hmm. no matter who you are you're a human being yes all on this planet and the struggle is real for every one of us okay yes. love you from the bottom of my socks david because my heart just isn't deep enough <laughs> love you too thank you <laughs>